Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is November 27, 2022. Time is 1801 and joining me as always is Al, aka Big Daddy Prep. What's going on, man? Just a long weekend, Jester. This nice Thanksgiving weekend. I hope everybody had a great great Thanksgiving weekend. It's been a, it's been a long one. The weather here has kind of been drabby, but hope everybody had a good week. Al, I got to tell you, this whole Thanksgiving week has screwed me up royally. I lost the whole day. I kept thinking yesterday was Sunday the whole day. Um, it was just really weird and screwed up. Yep, it has been for me too. Believe and me. I'm, and I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things, and it's um, it's pretty difficult to do. And I know Monday's going to be nuts with everybody doing Cyber Monday shopping online and I know for a lot of people, they have that day off as well, so they're going to be out and about. But it's just, it's crazy right now, man. Everything's yep. nuts. I'm it, ready it, for the holidays to be over. It is, it is. This whole week has been like trying to shove 10 gallons in a five-gallon bucket. It's, it's exactly the way it has been. And nothing's been right. And it has to do with the world. The world right now is in a crazy, horrible, screwed-up place. It really is. It's not just you and I. It's everything. Right, and I 100% agree with that, which kind of pulls us into our topic tonight, which is the breaking point. So, guys, we're going to come at you a little bit differently. Typically, we tell you guys, you know, how to prep, what could could go wrong, survival, you know, survival products, situations, things you guys need to do to get ready for whatever's coming. And a lot of people out there kind of give a little bit of backlash, say nothing's coming, everything's going to be fine. And I think that's kind of what we need to put to bed tonight not everything's going to be fine something's definitely coming yeah not we are not everything's good i promise you not everything is good <laughs> oh yeah well so that's so the whole point tonight was to get into some of these some of these wild scenarios and situations that could make everything fall apart and i think the first thing now that we should start with is is possibly the government and what's going on absolutely you know the government being in the situation that it is right now where it is absolutely useless to itself and to us in general the government you know the government's supposed to do certain things jester and it's not doing those things it's not functional whether or not it's one side arguing or the other side arguing or when it's like it is right now where it's kind of a 50 50 mix and nobody can Right. And I, that's the one thing I want to say about the government. Guys, they are creating these chaotic stages. They're creating this big separation and divide. I've seen so many people jump back on the Trump train or the, you know, the let's go Brandon train. I'm watching all these people jump back on board with this and get fired up again. It seemed like it just calmed down. 
to where you weren't seeing too much of this separation and too much of this divide. But if Trump runs for election again, which he said he is, we are going to see a lot of chaos. We're going to see a lot of things break bad. We're already at each, at each other's throats as it is with everything that's going on. But I got to tell you what, the government likes the situation. They like the divide. They want this chaos because as long as you and I are arguing amongst each other about politics, we're not looking at the government holding them accountable for anything. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Now? That's the whole thing right there, Jester. People don't understand, and, and I'm not trying to preach to anybody, and I'm certainly not trying to dispel my beliefs on anyone else. But I will say this, and this goes for either side that you're on or if you're dead in the middle. One side wants this, the other side wants the other. Nobody wants to give or take any. And those that are in the middle are just absolutely collateral damage. And that's what we've become. They want your money. They want your time. They want your commitment, but yet nothing in return. And when I say nothing in return, literally our government is giving this nothing in return at this point. Um, we're pretty much looking at now a lame duck president for another two years, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you're left or right, whether you're Democrat, Republican, independent, makes no difference. We have a lame duck Congress now. We have pretty much a lame duck president, and we're going to be like this until the next election. And for the next two years, while we're working up to this election, it is going to be an utter shit show and fireworks every stinking day. This, in turn, is going to get people worked up. As we used to say in prison, yeasted up. This is going to get people worked up. Don't get so worked up that you fall for, well, things that are out there. Because there are a lot of traps and pitfalls out there that are set up on purpose to catch you. So be very careful who you align yourself Oh no, 100%. So that's, so that's the one side of this guys. We've watched the, you know, we've watched the separation. We've watched this divide. We watched, um, this nation fall apart during the pandemic. We we've seen the shortages and that's, we've saw how well our, the U S government has handled this. Okay. And for our listeners out there around the world, I want to say that this is an episode that's primarily for the U S and not the entire world with the things we're going to be talking about. So I want to get into the next part of this, the shortages out. We've talked about shortages many times on this show. We're going through this diesel crisis. We're going, you know, they keep talking and bringing back up the railroads. They keep bringing up all these things that could stop the supply chain, right? Yeah. And if they, yeah. if they fuck this diesel up and they, if they do that and trucks aren't moving, everybody's going to starve. I mean, You're right. You're right, Jester. You're right. But there's a point there about the diesel. The diesel runs the trains and the diesel runs the trucks both. The the listeners out there, a lot of them don't understand that diesel runs both. So it's not just like diesel for construction trucks. So you won't be able to go out and do a job. I hear liberals say all the time. You won't be able to go out and take your big nasty truck and go do jobs. So what? Yeah, you know, it's going to affect everybody in this, this this web of supplies. Everybody from the trains all the way to the trucks. Right now, let's let's dive into that a little bit. All the things that are affected by this. So, yes, the trains, yes, the trucks. Let's not forget the boats on the rivers that pu push coal up and down the river. Those are all diesel that are going to the power plants. Okay. Then, if you want to get deeper into it, if diesel would just altogether be gone, you're not going to be able to even mine fossil fuels because all that equipment's ran off diesel. Right. 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 You're not even going to have you're not even going to have a grid a power grid at that point. I heard an interesting thing today, Jester, that I did not realize, and I had not been 
I had not taken part in some of these discussions in the past. I had listened to some folks today, and they said one train car. What is carried in that train car is equivalent to about 10 um, tractor-trailer box trucks. So let's just take that and think about it. For every car on a train that you see that's a box car, that's 10 train trucks. I mean, two, 10 trucks that would go up and down a semi. Um, semi's go up and down the road. Think about how much goods that is. And people say, well, don't worry if we don't use trains. If they don't come to an agreement, we'll just put it on the road. No, you won't. There's not that many trucks on the road. And at this point, we're already stifled with that. So, yeah, we're looking at major, major supply chain issues, even bigger than we had last year. Well, let's not forget, too, that I think some of the people that are saying that are maybe people that out, aren't, they're not out on the road all the time. Number one, there's tons of trucking companies out there hiring. They can't get enough people, right? And then the other thing is, is these, there's so many trucks on the road already. I see these guys backed out of truck stops at night. The truck stops are always full at night. I mean, it's not just, it's not just about getting food to the grocery stores. This is everything is moved on trucks. Al, our restaurant couldn't function if we didn't get a weekly delivery from a, um, from a semi truck. Right. And you know, most of your grocers and your big box stores, they look like they have a lot of things in it, but when it comes to basic supplies, they have about 24 to 48 hours worth of supply. If they're not replenished in 48 hours, they're not going to have basic supplies. Then everything else starts to run out behind that. So yeah, it's a major grid issue here. And there's so many things culminating at one time. The diesel shortage, the high price of fuel, the possibility of shutting down of the, of the rail lines because of the uh, railroad workers strike. There's so many things right now just in that one section that's, that's causing this. So, but, but that kind of leads into, into the food thing that I, w I had. I made a few notes here for things that were our problem engineered. And this kind of plays in with the diesel and everything kind of plays into the engineer of the food supplies we've seen our food supply over the last six months be diminished in great great amounts by fires and just strange events that are taking food out of the supply chain hey preppers do you want 10 percent off survival food go to www.readywise.com and use code doom10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Right, yeah, and <laughs> so this, we, we've covered a lot with the supply chain on, on the show before, and I mean, it's, it's something that's very crucial, guys, that it's something that I feel like at any moment it could just crash and burn or it could break. It's a very fragile thing. And Al's right. These little instances and disasters and things that are happening, they don't seem like they create that big of an impact, but there is this ripple effect that happens with these things. It's a definite ripple effect. Just like that pebble hitting the water, it's a huge ripple effect sometimes. It's just something small can happen that cause a huge. Right. So now let's, let's kind of piggyback off this situation so we're seeing we could possibly see a lot get disrupted with the supply chain with the diesel and everything else all right then we also have this conflict with russia and ukraine that i've been seeing less of in the media but that doesn't mean the situation has stopped in fact i think it's a situation where they want to get us into another forever war 
so they can keep funneling money and funneling money to a different region. And not only that, but, you know, with the new election coming, conflict's a good thing around election time. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, a lot of the money and a lot of the the uh, support for Ukraine and the money that's been funneled, yes, it was a big thing in the news in the very beginning, but now it's being very quiet, but it's still being funneled. Millions of dollars a day are being sent to Ukraine. Whether you see it on the news or not, it's still happening. But just like this huge FTX scandal that happened the other day, we're finding out now money that was sent to Ukraine was actually funneled back into the United States through investments that Ukraine and Zelensky were making. So that money's being funneled back. So there's a lot of things here and people are getting mad. People are, I talk to people all the time and they're very upset with the amount of support that we're giving Ukraine. That's virtually unchecked. And you ask, where did the checks go? Where did the money go? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> right. And that's a big thing too. And I've, what I've been hearing is, is that a lot of this money is basically just being put in the politicians' pockets. Yes. Is where this is yes. going. It's, it's not going to the war effort. It's not going to the troops. It's not going to the families. It's literally lining the pockets of the politicians there. Right. Which, they're, they're in here both. It's on both right. sides. Yeah. So this is what, this is what I see happening. All right. So say this war goes on and eventually we get to the point where, money is not enough to help them they need physical supplies we need to send food and groceries and bottled water and you know toilet paper or whatever else they could think of that we need to start sending over there right thus diminishing the supplies we have in the u.s right okay what about heating oil and 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 gas and things like that because jester they bought and got a lot of their heating uh heating oil and things like that from Russia. They don't get that anymore. With the Nord Stream pipeline cut off now, a lot of Europe's the same way. So yeah, we're going to be feeding this war on a couple fronts. You know, not to get too conspiracy on this, Al, but I mean, could you imagine if they said, hey, there's just no more fuel here. We had to send it all over to Ukraine. And guess what? You need to go get that electric car tomorrow. Well, that's their end goal um, <laughs> by 2030. But now I heard it's 2030. 27 now they're moving the goal back a little bit more their their goals coming towards us a little a little faster now i i think that's the goal unfortunately if we don't change some major things in politics your car is going to be virtually put out of commission you're not going to be able to buy fuel or things for it unless you have that nice shiny little electric car which i'm not buying so <laughs> the no, last and, one. <laughs> no i'm staying i'm avoiding the electric cars at all costs and i know there's this big you know everybody's you know on this go green thing and and they think some of this is a conspiracy and i gotta tell you guys a lot of it is a freaking conspiracy a lot of it is there's no savings in fossil fuels producing these cars hooking them up to the power grid that's running on fossil fuels i mean it's it's a gimmick it's a way for them to keep moving product, keep the economy stimulated, a way to sell cars, keep people employed. It's it's a gimmick. It's a scam. I agree with you. Um, and you brought up a couple of topics. I've got a hot one here that you're going to love that, that has to do with this all crashing down us one time. What about our travel? You're going to see this happen in the next little while where your travel is going to be virtually restricted because according to what I'm understanding the other day that we've basically, as the United States, through the president, have negotiated to put what is a COVID passport across the world. You're not going to be able to travel the world without a quote-unquote COVID-type passport. So your travel and your ability to go places is fixed to be stifled very quickly. 
yeah, and I'll tell you what, that's something that, I mean, we've, they've talked about a lot. And I mean, just think about how that could slow business down. I mean, buddy of mine, um, I don't want to say exactly what he does or what his name is, but he um, is getting in with a company that does cargo and had to get the jab to get the job. Okay. But you have a lot of people that are walking away from things because they don't want to do that. They're still not, not getting on board with this. Even with all the evidence of this isn't doing anything, there's companies that are still pushing this and it really makes you wonder why. Well, okay. what they're wanting to do is restrict the travel of people across the world. Goods will still be moving back and forth, but they're trying to keep people from being able to move. If eventually they can move you from going, if you, if they say, Jester, you can't go to Greece next year unless you have this certain thing and you're not going to get that, then you're not going to be able to travel. But what says that when they say you can't go to Greece? Well, if they say, well, now you can't go to Canada, Jester, because, you know, I know it's in the same continent, but now we can't let you go there. Well, we can't let you go to Arkansas now. Um, I see restrictive measures starting out very big and then restricting down tighter and tighter and tighter. That's what scares me. I don't want to go to Tanzania myself personally right now, but if I did want to go, I want to know that I could go pay my money and go. Um, that scares me because it could eventually say, I can't go to Missouri from Arkansas. You know, I, I could see this happening though, where they do restrict the travel. And I got to tell you what, um, I'll get out of the country one way or the other and just out pick me up at the Southern border. Cause they're not watching yeah. that one. I'll get back. You're right. In. They're not watching that one at all. That's what, that's <laughs> what gets me is when they say that you can't go here, can't go there, but yet there are people coming here every single day. And that, that bothers me. So let's, let's talk about this for a second. Um, another, another part of this that, that could bring something bad. So we talked, it's all, the border crisis is always talked about, all right? The influx of people that have came in um, during the current administration is unreal, all right? To the point where they don't know where to put these kids right. um, that are getting separated from their families. Like the, the foster care systems are getting sucked up. Foster parents are needed like everywhere now because of all these children that are coming in that they don't know what to do with. Um, now imagine a situation where, and I'm not saying this would shut down the whole country, but depending on where you're at, it very well could. So say that you get a lot of illegal immigrants coming in to a certain town. What are they going to do? They're going to be utilizing up the local supplies from your grocery stores, from your Walmart, this, that, the other. If the supplies get cut off to that area for a brief period of time and they can't resupply quick enough, you get what I'm saying now? Like they're going to deplete their, their supplies even faster with all these extra people that they have. Absolutely. And these people, sure. and here's the thing, these people aren't on the census. The census takers aren't going out knocking on illegals doors. If they don't know they're there, they don't know to count these people. They have no idea. Right. And not only that, but Jester, understand that, and I'm not being racist or I'm not being xenophobic or anything else like that. I'm saying people in other countries don't do and act like we do. Here in America, if we have a shortage, we gripe about a lot of things, but we usually just get over it and go on. We've had a higher standard of living. A lot of people that are coming from countries that have lower standards of living, if there's no bread, they're willing to take yours. That in, that's a crime increase. We're seeing crime increase all over the country like crazy now. Crime is a, is a huge statistic. We actually have, you know, we had a record year in like 1993 here in Little Rock, Arkansas with 70 murders. We've surpassed that by the first day of November this year. So that means crime is everywhere and it's getting only worse. Even in the middle of the country, on the coast, it makes no difference. So 
you can't tell me that some of that crime is not from people that are undocumented coming into the country. There's just too many stories about it every day for it to be a fallacy. No, no, I totally get it. Now, here's the other thing, guys. Let's talk about the idea of potential. All right, so we know the southern border is not being secured the way it should be, okay? It's it's becoming a bigger problem. We can't vet the people that are coming in, okay? So imagine if some terrorists got the idea to start to start sneaking things in through that southern border. It's it's happened in the past. And how detrimental that could be, you know, how detrimental that could be for us. Right, right. I mean, what if, let's just use the what if. What if only one-tenth of one percent of those people that are coming into this country are those that would have nefarious uh, backgrounds? Let's say that they, they, they could be terrorists or criminals that may rob or rape just one tenth of one percent well last year we understand that we were close to two billion people come across the southern border so start doing the math there and see exactly how many people that possibly is that could cause us problems even if it was a couple thousand murderers or terrorists in the country how many terrorists do you have to have before you have too many so yes it's a it's a huge problem and it's it's definitely going to take more of a hold in the next year um it's it's a huge problem. Our our southern border is wide. Right. And it is something, you know, it is something that I think could bring about, you know, a lot of chaos in this country. Could it be this like horrible doomsday situation? No, but it is one more thing. It's one more thing putting a crack in the ice, folks. That's what it's doing. And the whole whole point of the show is to just where are we at? Where do we stand now? How much time do we do we have left? When when we at the last year we said what was coming in this next year and we speculated on a few things to happen and we seen some crazy stuff but it seemed like things got a little bit better and it seems like things are starting to level off in some areas but in other areas they're getting worse here's the other thing people right now and this is something that i that i've been discovering more and more lately people are becoming horrible to one another i'm talking mean nasty just very very shitty to one another and i know you guys are out there thinking well jester what's that mean for a doomsday situation what's that got to do with anything well it's the idea if these people are willing to you know push you out of the way now when things aren't bad in the middle of the grocery store to get what they want imagine when they're starving how these people are going to be reacting and how you're going to be treated treated you know the most dangerous thing in a doomsday scenario is going to be the other people around you Right. I agree totally. That's the big thing. Totally, totally. People, people's ability to get along and do for each other has greatly been deplenished. But let me say this: we've had a media, a government, and social media that have told us for the last five years that everybody is divided. Nobody is together. We're all, every, they have divided us by race, age, ethnicity, area of the country, your, your belief on this, your belief on that. To, to, they've got everybody thinking that everybody's out to hate you or do bad for you. Now, whether that's true or not, that makes you look at people in another way. That's the reason why people are so crappy to each other nowadays and people treat each other so badly nowadays because they feel like if I don't take advantage, you're going to take advantage. The good old days of America where we actually stuck together and did right, it's still there, but they're just telling us that we're not those kind of people anymore. And then that's, that's bad.
All right. So the next thing I, I wanted to get into with this too, guys, is uh, we're Al, we're being molded into conformity, right? right? Through specifically through different social media platforms, and the, the big one that comes to mind for me is TikTok. I'm watching the dumbing down of society through these online social platforms. I'm watching them train us how to conform and stay in line and not get out of line, right? And a good example right. for this, guys, is if you talk about the election on social media, if you talk about the jab on social media, and I don't really care what platform you're on. I, we all remember being in Facebook jail, okay? We all we all been in Twitter jail. We've seen accounts get shut down, right? Freedom to speak out against the establishment is something that they do not want. We are being trained right now to conform pretty much through every social media avenue out there, right? And we are being taught what to think, what to believe. We're all being, it's all suggested that we all drink the same Kool-Aid together, guys, and it's going to be great. Right. Exactly. This is the model of what the Chinese Communist Party have actually instituted in China, which is the social credit score. We are going through a slow and arduous um we're on the treadmill just like they are in, in China. But, but Jester, let me tell you something. What started out as a Chinese uh, social credit score is exactly what's happened here. It didn't happen to them overnight. It progressed faster than it is here, but we've been a free society where they weren't. It's going to happen here. They basically training you on what you can say, what you can't. And you're like, Oh, can't say that. I'll get kicked off of so-and-so that's training. Uh, can't do this up. Oh, this person got in jail, so they can't see their friends today. So I better not do that. That's all training folks. And that's exactly what's happening. But I don't know if you've seen it, but the last few days, some video that's been coming out of China, but, uh, you know, just for the Chinese people, we thought would just, uh, they never revolt or they never rebel. If you watch underground media nowadays, you'll see that people all over the world think the same way. And the Chinese are starting to revolt against their, their government too. So yeah, there is hope. <laughs> no, so I want to uh, throw something out to all of our listeners out there, guys. I'm I'm going to tell you what I am no longer going to be advertising the TikTok channels on this show that Al and I have. Um, just because I'm I'm fed up with it, guys. If you want to find us and you want to interact with us on social media now, I'm going to be spending pretty much most of my time on Clapper now. Me too. Me right? too. Me too. The handle's the and same. Guys... <laughs> same on Clapper yeah. as it was on TikTok. And I, I'm with you. I'm no longer advertising anything about TikTok anymore. And I'm I'm not going to do it on my show anymore either. My show either. I'm done with TikTok. No, so here's here's the thing, guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there for you. If you add me on Clapper, just add it's Doomsday Podcast on Clapper. Al's on there at big underscore daddy underscore prep on Clapper. I have a group on there. Okay, where you guys can come in and ask to join the group and you can communicate with me in real time. I'm not trying to have thousands of people in there because I know it'll get chaotic. But if you're someone who's really into the show and you're someone that really wants to communicate and see what's going on, you know, ask to join the group. It's called Doomer Fam on there. You guys can come in, you could chit chat and everybody shares stories and information. It's it's a it's a good little group chat to be in. All right. Um we are going to limit the amount of people that are going to be in there as those. So if you want to get in there, get in there quick. That's all. Uh, but yeah, so on that note, Al, yeah, it's done done with TikTok, putting it in the show notes, putting it out there yep. for everybody to come find us. Guys, just clap too. is where it's at. It's the it's more or less an adult-free version of TikTok is pretty much what it is. 
Um, so you guys are still going to get video content. You're still going to get show updates. You're still going to get things like that, but not going to be on TikTok. Let me say this about this, and I won't say another word. Let me say this, and I won't say another word about TikTok again. Folks, okay. here's the thing. If you're the kind of person that doesn't believe in censorship and believes in your First Amendment right, you can no longer support TikTok. I don't mean you have to turn off your account or whatever like that. I'm not adding anything else. But because I'm a butthole, I'm not turning mine off. I'm just not going to add any more to it. But I will say this much. If you think the First Amendment means something, you need to look at whether or not you're, what you're doing with TikTok. Point blank. They're censoring everything you say and do, so. Right. And and for me, I mean, I'm more or less done posting new content. I might post some updates about the show or clips just because I know there's people there that want to know what's going on. And I know they're not going to make the leap or the jump. But as far as any survival content, talking about anything, I am done. Um, It's not going to happen anymore. Uh, The next thing I did want to get into with this, Sal, (laughs) I am looking for a big gun grab to happen soon. Um, or a big change within the laws yep. to push more into disarming Americans. And yes, sir. We, we see an attack on gun rights every year. We see an attack on the Second Amendment. It's something that we're always seeing. It's never going to change. They're going to keep trying to institute more rules, more, more laws, more bullshit. So I could tell you what. I carry a gun pretty much everywhere I go. I'm staring at one right now. And here's the thing. I have this as that last line of defense in case I would need to protect myself or protect my family from immediate harm or death, right? It's why I have it. But it's getting to the point now where I would be terrified to defend myself just because of the repercussions of what we're seeing the courts do to people around the world, around the country. I agree with you. And Jester, I'm going to say this about this, by the Second Amendment. I think you're going to be a huge gun grab. I see that coming, and if you'll notice, the three months before the midterm elections was very few mass shootings. As soon as the midterms hit, as soon as you dropped your vote, they all of a sudden started. That tells you right there that some of these things are engineered, and they are coming for your guns. They're being more vocal now. If you'll watch, you'll listen to politicians, especially those on the left that got reelected or put in office. They are telling you exactly what they plan on doing. They're coming after your guns. I even heard it come out of the president's mouth the other day. They're coming after assault, a, a, a semi-automatic assault weapons ban. When they go after one, they will go after all, folks. It's it's not, they don't just go after one thing, go, oh, we've had enough. Now that's all we're going to do. No, it's not like that. I figure guns will double in price by the by summertime. So if you plan on buying any, you need to do it right now. That's just me. It's my advice. Right. And I, I recently just went out and picked up a new, a new Glock that I, I haven't shot yet, but I'm going to get there hopefully next week and get out and do some shooting. But the reason I think the gun thing could be part of this crack in the ice breaking point is because the more Americans you disarm, the more criminals can go and take advantage and, and create crime with nobody to stop them. And they know this, right? Absolutely. They absolutely know if you don't have a firearm, you are vulnerable. It is, it is a thing. It is what happens. So to me, if we see a big gun grab, we're going to see crime skyrocket. And if it's a situation where there's food shortages or, you know, money's low, this, that, the other, we're going to watch that be an even higher, 
hike in crime because there's not going to be anybody to stop anybody. I agree with you. And this is the whole thing we've preached forever. We, we preach all kinds of ways of survival tactics. We've always said security. I made a list of the things that, that I thought was part of what we were discussing tonight and security was um, on top of the list because your personal security is something you can't negotiate. You have to have personal security. I believe when this gun grab comes, you're going to see crime. Crime's already skyrocketing, but you're really going to see crime go off the charts then because a lot of people are going to give up their guns when they're threatened or their job or their whatever's threatened. They're going to give up those guns. Some of us aren't, but the ones that do, yeah, you're going to become victims. So you're going to go from gun owner American to victim real quick. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you Al. so um the other th one other thing i wanted to get into and then let me know what you got on your list Al. um but the one thing i did want to get into and talk about is the work ethic in the drive within people this work ethic al it's been i've noticed this gets so bad so many companies are short staffed so many people they're so backed up with orders to go out and like fast food restaurants can't keep people we're having problems trying to get people at our restaurant it's it's there's a big loss in work ethic and drive for people to go out and get and secure a job. And with this slows down goods and services, which another crack in the ice could cause major problems down the road. Yeah, the work ethic is basically gone ever since everyone took basically a two-year hiatus or a lot of people took a two-year hi two hiatus from their job or or they were only on part-time or homework or all these other the things that they created during the pandemic. Yeah, people don't want to go to work, and those that are going to work aren't working as hard. They're, they they know they don't have to. People were financially taken care of when they weren't working, so it kind of killed the work ethic. Um, I can go every single day out and, and do jobs like I do and go all over the state and I could literally have a job in any stinking town I went to anywhere, almost any company I go to work for, I'd be like, are you hiring? Yeah. You want a job? No, no, I'm, I'm just asking, asking for a friend. So that's what I say. No one says, oh, I have too many employees. I laid off some last week because I got too many. Nobody, zero from restaurants to major industrial, heavy industrial plants. Nobody has too many. Right. No, I know. And I mean, that's, that's a thing. And I, so let's get into this too, though. Um, this turnover rate that we're seeing with the employment, um, companies aren't treating people as good as they used to be. And that's also killing the work ethic. Yeah. Right? Because people know that if you don't treat me right, or if I don't perceive you treat me right, I can go across the street and get a job paying me a dollar an hour or more or $2 an hour or more. Cause they've already told me, yeah, you're going to see employers now that are actually out head hunting other employers to take their staff from them. As soon as the place goes down and they think they have a good employee they want to hire, they'll go headhunt them because nobody wants to work. And I mean, I can't, I can't blame them for trying to fill their job needs, but a lot of people are headhunting from other, other employers. They'll go and say, how much he's, has he paying you? 15 bucks an hour. I give you 17 50. I give you a take home truck. I've seen that happen. Oh yeah. yeah. I, actual I've seen cannibalism. it cannibalism and headhunting in the, in the employer business it's happening all the time but the thing is the pool of people that actually can do real jobs i mean skilled labor not college labor skilled labor like plumbers electricians mechanics people that can fix things that are in a construction industry those trades 
are off the charts now because there's fewer and fewer people every year that can do them and people aren't going out and learning how to do them. So yeah, those trades are going to be huge in the next two or three years. If you know how to plumb, if you know how to go out and, and, and run electrical conduit or do whatever you need to do, you're going to have a job. I assure you. And you'll be able to pretty much name your price. Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Right, exactly, 100%. So, Al, what else you got on your list, bud? Physical health, your physical health and the health of the country is in real jeopardy right now. And it's, that's putting a lot of people in bad way. You know, during the COVID lockdowns, when people were basically told that you had to take the jab or you had to do this or do that, it, it got people worrying about whether or not they were going to have a job. And, and people started worrying about, well, what does my health have to do with what I do? And it's, it's affecting a lot of things. Other, I look at items that affect multiple things. Your health also is is bothering how much you can travel. We talked about that earlier. Your health is whether or not you took a jab, whether or not you could have this job or that job, or you could move. So physical health has a lot to do with things. Now it's putting a lot of pressure on people. I hear people talk about it all the time. Well, what if they come back with the mandates again? We hear about the mandates. The mandates loom over people like a bad nightmare. And that's putting a lot of pressure on people. But uh, one of the things that I also had on my list was rights. Your rights, whether it be your First Amendment, your Second Amendment, your Fourth Amendment, all your rights are being infringed upon in one frame or another. When one way or another, they're being infringed upon. Um, that's a big issue for me. I, I feel like the Constitution is... Well, there's a war on the Constitution right now. I feel like that it's embattled right now, to say the least. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. And I mean, that's that's the other thing, guys. Is I mean, we're we're watching freedoms being taken away. We kind of brought this up with the whole, you know, banning of TikTok thing. But there's there's rights and freedoms you have now that you don't realize you have because nobody's taken them away from you yet. Just wait till you can't run your mouth in public about the current administration. Just wait until they say that that's a crime and you go to jail for telling the cashier at Walmart, I don't like the current president. He's a dumbass. Off to jail you go. Because it, in coming. some countries, you can't do that shit. Yep, it's coming. If you'll notice over the last, if you take five years ago till now and you look at what you could say then and where you could say it, it's completely different. Five years ago, you could say anything you wanted to, as long as you didn't say I was going to kill the president. I remember as a child being people being completely scared. Don't ever say that. For God's sakes, don't ever say you would kill the president. The FBI be on your knocking on your door by morning. And it was true. Now you can say that and nobody seems to worry about it. But you can't say anything derogatory or anything even perceived to be derogatory about another person. I mean, for God's sakes, don't say anything about any any anyone of Jewish descent. Don't say anything about anyone that's uh, uh, the LGBTQ community. Don't say anything about that. Doesn't make any difference if you're not saying anything bad or not. Just saying something that's not glowing about another person now 
can actually lead to you being deplatformed, charged, uh, uh, doxxed. Have you ever been doxxed where people will tell exactly where you live at so people can come, you know, create problems at your home or your work? It, the world's going crazy now, and, and your rights are definitely under attack. If you don't think so, just just try to do some of the things you did five years ago. You'll figure out real quick that it's not that easy. So <laughs> this, I don't, I don't think that this is something I, I concerning at the moment, but it is a concern. So we've talked about losing the rights. We talked about the work ethic. What are we going to do when we can't put people in the prisons anymore out or the prison starts shutting down and people hit the streets? Well, if a lot of the left and a lot of those people living on the coasts on each coast, the East coast and the West coast and those left leaning areas, and I know not everybody there is like that, believe me. But if they have it their way, we'll have cashless, uh, we'll have basically cashless bail all over the country where basically you go to jail and you get out and you don't have to pay to get out of jail. That'll be nationwide. Um, pretty soon there'll be certain crimes that will not be prisonable offenses. It just will be like that. It's going to happen where, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be that way. Um, it's coming. And I eventually see where a lot of crimes that people are locked up and incarcerated right now for will be released. There'll be mass releases of uh, inmates from prison for certain charges. It's happened before in the past. If you don't think it has, do your research, folks, because I'm going to tell you something. I know the state of Florida years ago let a lot of people out. They, they decided that certain crimes were not crimes due to the fact they had overcrowding. They started letting certain crimes out, and if you had a certain crime criteria, yep, they let you out. You got out early. So it happens, folks. The prisons will eventually be a place that only certain crimes go to. Fact. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I mean, you got to think, dude, that's a very scary thing to think about, the fact that, you know, people would just be getting cut loose. And I mean, and you got to think about it. In a a doomsday scenario, whether it's a disaster, a nuke gets dropped, any of these things, I mean, Al, I know you know that they have a plan for these inmates, but at what point? Do the COs and the detention deputies decide, hey, we're going home. We're going to be with our families. I'm not staying here. It's happened. It happened during Hurricane Katrina. It happened. And so what at that point happens to those inmates? Do they just let them all free? Like, hey, guys, see you later. Doors open. Have fun. Well, it's not highly talked about, but there were there were deaths that happened in, in jails and prisons in Louisiana during Katrina that um, – People don't want to talk about, but there were people that were left behind. People simply walked off the job. It happened. I mean, you got to dig for it, but it happened. You'd have to dig for the news, but it happened. So that's a fact. So we got a few minutes left here. One thing I did want to get into um, was the price hikes. And I think this is the biggest thing of, the, of this breaking point of creating a really bad situation. Right. I'm looking for this market to come crashing down. We're seeing everything increase and in inflate in price, um, but we're not seeing incomes increase. We're not seeing fixed income increase. If you're on Social Security, you're on disability, that shit's not moving. Um, no, it's not. But all these other prices are moving. So I look for a lot of things to happen, a lot of repossessions uh, of vehicles, homes being foreclosed on, people's um, jobs getting shut down because – People aren't going to be out spending money at certain places. That's what I look for to happen. Okay. And with, with that being said, Al, what are your thoughts on that? That's going to be the last thing we cover. What are your thoughts on this financial side of things? 
yeah, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see inflation go off the rocker. And then on top of it, the shrinkflation, I mean, you what the can of beans you used to get was 15 ounces for a dollar. Now it's 12 ounces. So that's a real thing. But as far as the inflation itself, it's absolutely going to go off the charts here. You know, people are making $300 a week, we'll just say. And and they used to could live and they could put $75 away. Now they can't put $7 away. So that makes people mad that, of course, that's going to continue on, Jester. It's not going to get any better. And unfortunately, what's going to happen is people are going to make three hundred dollars a week, and they're going to have to spend three hundred and fifty just to live. And that that's even that's even worse. I mean, that's people are actually going to have to, to decide: do they want to put fuel in their in their vehicle? Do they want to turn the power on? Do they want to eat? What do they want to do today? And that's that causes a lot of grief for. No, it absolutely does, and and that's what I mean when I say that you know I think the financial side of this is going to be a very big breaking point another crack in the ice that's just going to put us into downward spiral chaos right absolutely and i just and i don't understand how people are affording to go out and buy an eighty thousand dollar truck a five hundred thousand dollar house when they're not making the money to, to back it up i'm not getting the same it, house jester now that's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars with a hundred and twenty five thousand ten years ago I'm looking at vehicles now that I go and I see, and I'm not buying any of them. Don't get me wrong now, but the same vehicles back when I was younger were thirty-five and $40,000 are now $109,000. How can you possibly do that with your money buying less, the price going up and nothing getting cheaper and then worrying about being, listen, this is all a, a, a mix for a disaster that's coming. Well, I mean, folks, I hate to tell you this, but I'm always one that tries to tell you about the, the bad side of things because I want you to hear it, but we've not seen the bad side of things yet. This financial situation that we're in and in, in, in America and in the world, it's not just America, it's the world, is not going to get any better. Uh, too many markers have been set forth out there that have made it tougher and tougher to make it. And it's not just for us. It's not just the regular, everyday, blue-collar people. People that make less money than us are in, in, in bad shape. People that are, uh, you know, middle class, upper middle class, uh, even those that are not the ultra-rich, they're just fairly well off. They're feeling the crunch, too. You know, a millionaire's not a, a million dollars is not a lot of money anymore, Jester. Used to, when I was a kid, a million dollars was this huge amount of money. Now a million dollars is not that much. So... No, and, and I get it. And guys, on that note, we're out of here. Everybody that came in and downloaded this show, guys, thank you for listening. Um, the email, it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to Al and I if you got any show topic ideas or you just want to throw something out there maybe that you need to hear us talk about in the show. Right. And I want to tell everybody, I'm sorry. We've we, It's been a crazy week, and I'm sorry that my quality is not as good today, but my wife's been very sick with the flu this week, and I'm trying to take care of her and live up to my commitments too, which I always do. So I want to make sure that everybody understands it. If I'm not up to up to par this week, it's fine. I'll, I'll be back to my normal next week. But um, I hope everybody has a great week and get back out there again because you've had a few days off, damn it. Get back to work. <laughs> Emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities Orlando, Miami. 
Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.